Thank you for downloading this podcast from Awakening Church. Deliver the word, and every time this man delivers the word, I love it. It's absolutely amazing. His his He's so authentic in his delivery, as well as just, you know, he can tell that he's well studied, that he knows the word, and he's funny. That's always good, right? <laughs> so give it up for David Mullins as he comes and he shares, breaks the word of God with us. Love you, man. Ah, anyway, how's everybody doing? Yeah, stay with me for a minute. Just stay with me for a minute. Ah, listen, thank you, Chris, for that introduction. I always feel so good when Chris introduces me. I feel so good about myself for a few seconds till reality sets in and I remember who I really am. (laughs) And then it's just kind of, okay, yeah, it's me. Uh, But I appreciate that. Thank you for supporting my... uh, delusions of grandeur for just a few seconds yes as I kind of stick in with that it's all good Um, I've got something I want to give everybody Tori will you come help me and then what Tori's gonna do she's she's gonna fix some stuff here for us but I need some help too from a couple of people maybe Emery would you mind helping you're so sweet to help Brady you're on that side so I'm gonna ask you to come help will you come help me all right all you guys are gonna do I'm just gonna give you these if you run out of these I don't think you will but if you do just use a tissue uh, they're, they're gonna bring you something everybody gets one of these it's a piece of apple but I'm gonna ask you not to eat it okay it's not really to eat all right so please hang on to it all right and I'll explain it a little further a little later on um, but uh, they're gonna kind of work through this and I don't know how well this is going to work or how long it's going to take I don't think it's going to take long at all look at there it's going to be quick while they're getting it ready and these guys are playing wasn't that worship amazing today and prayer before worship was amazing as well wow thank everyone for all of that Um, and these guys just sound so amazing could keep them here for a while but I tell you what, if you have your Bible with you, you'd like to turn with me, go to Genesis chapter 1. If you don't, we'll have it on the screen for you. But Genesis chapter 1, and we're going to look at this together in just a moment. Mm -mm -mm. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. All right, so everybody's going to get a piece of apple. You're going to hang on to that. It's going to be really nice, and uh, you're going to enjoy it. And let me tell you, it's free. I'm not charging for this piece of apple you take it with you do what you like with it uh really i mean it's up to you but hang on to it for a few minutes okay and then we're going to go in here and dig into the word of god so while they're getting this passed out this morning i've got some good news and i've got some bad news okay you want the good news first or the bad news first? What, how, how do you like it? Who, who wants the good news first? 
Ah, okay. Who wants the bad news first? People want bad news. Well, listen, I was uh, some of my most cherished teaching from a mentor uh, that is probably one of the most amazing men I've ever known. He taught me to sandwich something when you give it out. So he said, you, you, you give good news first, then give the bad news, but then come back with some more good news. That way everybody feels better about it, right? Um, and, and I'll just, some additional good news. This isn't the real good news. I only have two pages of notes, so we're not going to be here real long today. How about that? Is that amazing or what? I neglected to tell you it's type 2 font, but no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. My eyes wouldn't do that. It's probably 14 type font, so that's even better. So I, I, it's, it's, it's going to be it's going to be uh, God-timed this morning. I'll put it that way. It'll be God-timed, and we'll have a good time together. Uh, that same mentor, I have to tell you, also, he's one of the people who's responsible for my ability to actually speak coherently today. Uh, he could actually preach from a gum wrapper with two scribbled notes on it. Some of you might know who that is. That would be Tom Doolittle. Um, Heather's dad. He, he's just an amazing man, and uh, he taught me quite a few things, and hopefully uh, through some of the wonderful things he taught me, I'll be able to share some good stuff with you today. But as we look at this, I am going to share some good news with you, and I'm going to start in, what's it called? Genesis chapter 1, okay? And does everybody have an apple, a piece of apple? We got, they're coming, right? All right, we still got a few more. All right, we'll get it to you. We'll get it to you. These are some amazing people. Aren't they doing a great job? Come on, give them a hand. Go ahead. Emery, Brady, Tori, you guys are awesome. You are awesome. Wow. While they're just finishing up, let's just pray. Father, we need you today really more than we've ever needed you before because every moment we need you more and more. Lord, I need your direction this morning. I need your guidance. God, I ask that your Holy Spirit would guide me in everything that I share today. That I would only say what honors and pleases you and what edifies, enriches, strengthens, and blesses your body, your people. Lord, we know that your word, it's a light and it's a lamp. Your word is life. So God, as we break the bread of life today, God, as you break your bread of life for us, it's not really even me doing it, God, because it's, it's your guidance, it's your direction. God, I just pray that you would anoint me and anoint all of us. Let us hear what you are saying to us, God. Let your word build, strengthen, bless, and help us in every way. God, we give you all the thanks, all the praise, and all the glory for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Hey, thank you guys. I appreciate that. All right. Everybody's got an apple or a piece of an apple. So I want you to just hang on to it. Don't eat it. Huh? Oh, yes. Guys, I want you guys both to walk by me 
and get your piece of apple because you need it, you know, just be blessed with it. Listen, I'm no respecter of persons. These people up here laboring before us, take two pieces of apple. We're the double honor. Two pieces, okay? You feel free. All right. Amen. Um, so this morning, uh, we are actually continuing the idea uh, that uh, Ryan has been on the last couple of weeks with our language being blessed both from and for the kingdom. Right? That's what we're going to talk about this morning. I want to share just a few thoughts with you as we think about this. I want you to see and understand, um, uh, you know, a, a sort of another angle from this. And when Ryan uh, and Rebecca are back next week, we want to bless them as they're out uh, uh, being filled up in uh, Redding, California, uh, being blessed uh, by so many wonderful uh, people there, I know they're having an awesome time. We just bless them while they're there, and we just are continuing to pray for them. When Ryan gets back, he's going to continue at least one more week uh, on this as well. He shared with me, um, you know, his thoughts for what he's going to be sharing next week. So I'm going to steal all of that and use it myself this morning. Okay, no, I'm just joking. I'm joking. I'm not going to do him that way. Um, I have a thought or two I want to share with you, and it comes from um, the two creation accounts uh, in the Word of God. So the first one is Genesis chapter 1. This is the first Old Testament creation account, Genesis chapter 1, and uh, they're going to bring it up for you in the Amplified version right now, and I want you to follow along with me for just a moment. Remember, I'm going to give you some good news, then some bad news, but then I'm coming back with good news, okay? All right, so stay with me. In the beginning, God, Elohim, created by forming from nothing. Now, this is important. Have you ever noticed in Scripture, in Genesis, God both creates and he makes? Anybody ever noticed that? He does both. And very specifically, throughout the Old Testament, the only place you ever see this word that's translated here, creation, the only place you see this in the Hebrew, it's literally translated that it is, it is created from nothing, formed from nothing. It comes out of nothing, ex nihilo. That, that nothing comes nothing, or comes something, right? Now, how many of you realize that, um, you know, even people today who are trying to figure out the, science, the greatest scientists of all time trying to figure out how the world became, you know, they still can't get over the fact that something can come from nothing, right? And yet they've come back to a point that now they have to say, and they're starting to actually say, yes, there really was a big bang. We believe there was a big bang, which actually supports Scripture because before Genesis chapter 1, there was nothing, Right? Before Genesis chapter 1, there was nothing, and God speaks, and bang, something happens, right? Something actually begins to exist. So, uh, in the beginning, God Elohim created by forming from nothing the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void, or a waste and emptiness, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, a primeval ocean that covered the unformed earth, and the Spirit of God was moving, hovering or brooding over the face of the waters. So look at this with me. I want you to notice just a few phrases or words from Genesis 
uh, chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. First of all, I want you to notice the earth was without form and void. Actually, um, I'm not going to spend any time on this, but I'm going to tell you that word, the, 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 the word was, obviously a verb, could actually be translated, I believe is better translated, became. Because I don't believe God creates anything formless and void. I believe when God creates things, he creates them perfectly. But I believe something happened in between verse 1 and verse 2. And uh, so I'll say it like this. The earth became, notice this phrase, without form and void. Tohu vavohu. It's a biblical Hebrew phrase found here in Genesis in this creation narrative that describes the condition that the earth was in right before verse 3, God begins to create. Okay? So, without form and void. There's an emptiness. There, there's, uh, you know, something that is um, sort of just um, waste, emptiness, darkness, void. Uh, and then it even says, and darkness was over the face of the deep. Now that word deep is another word, which uh, in the Hebrew is tehom. It literally, what that means is that there is um, really, you could say the deep, or you could actually call it an abyss, right? Draw in mind, in Greek, the, the, the transliteration or the translation would be uh, something that we know in English as well called chaos, Anybody ever know chaos? Anybody ever create chaos? No, I'm just kidding. You didn't. Uh, anybody ever have chaos created for you? Uh, you know what I'm talking about there, right? I mean, it happens all the time. Sometimes it's a good chaos. Sometimes it's a bad chaos. Uh, more often than not, we'd like to avoid it if we can. But he says that uh, darkness, now, now notice this, this word darkness is not the absence of light. This word darkness is its own entity. Literally the idea of an evil that is here, which again helps me to believe that there was something going on between verse 1 and 2, right? Once God initially creates the heavens and the earth and then the earth becomes without form and void, uh, there's something created, maybe perhaps angelic beings, perhaps Satan himself, created... And then there's this darkness over the face of the deep. But he says the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. So, I want you to get this with me. So, first of all, Genesis 1 and 2, the earth is shapeless. It's a chaotic mass. That's according to the Living Bible. That's one translation. It's a shapeless, chaotic mass. Another version says the earth was a soup of nothingness, a bottomless emptiness, and inky blackness. Now, if that isn't descriptive, I don't know what is, right? I mean, that, that helps you to understand and see uh, what is trying to be communicated to us. So the tohu vohu and the tehom are roughly the Hebrew equivalent of this Greek word, which we've adopt, adopted in English, which is chaos. And so I want us to see this chaos for what it really is. How does Yahweh deal with chaos? How does Yahweh deal with chaos? Well, let's look at verse 3. Everybody ready? Here's verse 3. Here's how Yahweh deals with chaos. And God said. That's all he's got to do to deal with chaos. Nothing else. He doesn't have to even get up off his throne. He doesn't have to, uh, you know, whip up some strength. He doesn't have to work out a little bit to get ready for this. All he does is begin to speak. And chaos is automatically 
beginning to be diminished and taken care of. Notice this. God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, I want you to see this as well with me. This is how God deals with chaos, simply by speaking. And his speaking is followed by spontaneous creation. Um, as a matter of fact, seven times it says in this, one after the other, and God said, and I'm not going to read through all these in Genesis chapter 1. You can read them later. But seven times, and God said, and then he speaks something into existence. Seven times. Now, some of you may know that there's an eighth time that he speaks, and I want to look at that today. So go with me to verse 26. I'll ask them to go to 26 real quick here. Verse 26 it says, now, then God said, and notice, there's a change in his operation. Instead of God saying, let there be man, like he said, let there be light, like he said, let there be this, let there be that, that's all the other things he said. Now, instead of that, God begins to have a conversation with no one better to have a conversation with when you're God than yourself. Right? So he begins to have a conversation with himself. And this is what he says. Then God said, let us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, make man in our image according to our likeness. Not just physical, but spiritual, personality, moral likeness. And let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, and over every entire thing on the earth and everything that creeps and crawls on the earth. Now, I want to read this, obviously. You know that uh, this uh, Genesis is now in the Passion Translation, right? And I don't think they probably have access to that, but I'm going to read it, verse 26, in the Passion Translation. A couple of things I absolutely love. I love from day to day in the Translation. I'll get it out. The Passion Translation. I love how he says this. He, he says they translate each day that passes instead of uh, the morning, the evening, were the first day, second day, third day. I love it. It says, then evening gave way to morning. Oh, you know, whenever we're in God's presence, the lesser has to always give way to the better. Whenever God comes on the scene, that which is diminished has to be outdone by that which is greater. And so each and every single time that we see another day passing, it just says the evening had to give way to the morning. And then in verse 26 in the Passion Translation, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, Then God said, Let us make a man and a woman in our image to be like us. Let them reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the livestock, over the creatures that creep on the ground, and over the wild animals. So God created man and woman. Shape them with his image inside them. Ooh, I love that. See, you weren't just created on the outside like God because God isn't flesh, right? God is spirit. So there's no way that we can be his image out here. God put his image on the inside of you. In his own beautiful image, it says, he created his masterpiece. Well, I tell you what, I almost feel like Chris is introducing me again, right? I mean, and this is God saying this about you, about us. God created us 
He created his masterpiece. Yes, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them in his love, saying, Reproduce and be fruitful. Populate the earth, subdue it, reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, every creature that lives on the earth. And now we see a creation, something that is actually created but has the very image of God inside of it. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about me. I've got the image in God inside of me. Go ahead, tell him. Say it out loud. Uh Uh-huh, come on now. Yes. You've got the image of God inside of you. Some of you, I want to say, let it out, please. Let it out. (laughs) All right, I'm joking. You know I'm joking. Half joking. (laughs) Because sometimes we don't display the image of God, do we? And I'm going to go ahead and include myself into that. Because as much as I like to think how good I am, often I'm not. Often I make mistakes. I say things to my wife, to my kids, to my friends. Say it in ways I shouldn't say it. I, I react in ways I shouldn't react. You know, some of you know what I'm talking about. But God has given us this image of himself inside of us. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to read briefly verse 29. God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant growing throughout the earth, vegetables, every fruit-bearing tree with its seed within itself. Man, I could preach a whole message right there. See, God created the seed of himself within you, a seed he wants to come out. And as a matter of fact, we're going to talk about this in a moment, but you know, what makes the difference on whether or not seed correctly produces? I'll tell you what makes the difference. It's the environment in which it's placed. I can put a seed right here in open air on top of this bench all day long. I could take one of these apple seeds. Do we have any cores left? Yes, we got a bunch, and I'm just grabbing one right now. Because this seed, I could sit it right here, and nothing will happen. I mean nothing. It's just going to sit there. It could sit there for ages and ages. As a matter of fact, if I leave it open to the elements, air, oxidation, eventually you know what's going to happen to this seed. It's going to rot. It's going to decay. But there's something inside of it that if I put it in the right environment, guess what's going to happen? As a matter of fact, somebody tell me what's inside of this seed. Here's an apple tree. No. Is that all that's inside of the seed? Oh, there's more apples on that tree inside of this seed. Is that all that's in this? There's more seeds inside those apples, inside that tree, inside this seed. As a matter of fact, I think I can safely say there's a vast forest inside this seed. Perhaps many forests inside this seed. Come on, somebody. Listen, don't you ever look at somebody made in God's image and put them down. There's a forest inside of them. There's a forest inside my brother, inside my sister. There's a forest inside of you that God's placed there that he wants to come out. There is 
a powerful blessing of seed inside of you, something that God wants you to be able to produce. But let me just say to you briefly before I go on, anybody still have a piece of apple? I do. If you don't put your seed in the right environment, the right thing won't happen. So, let's just continue briefly. You see, God created us in his own image. In the image of God, he created each and every one of us, male and female, he created us. And so we have this Old Testament account of creation. But we have an actual earlier account. Go to John chapter 1. If you've got your Bible, you can go there with me. Um, they're going to pull it up in the Passion Translation because we love the trash, Passion Translation. Trash we love trash and Passion. <laughs> it's that seed. It's that bad seed coming out. Somebody pray for me. I need to put it in a good environment. I'll get it out here in a moment. I'm thinking ahead to what I'm going to say next, and that always gets me in trouble. Yes, it does. All right. So we love the Passion Translation. And so, John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, not God created the heavens and the earth, in the beginning, before God created the heavens and the earth. See, this is an account that's before creation. This account in John chapter 1 is before time ever existed. Before one second ever happened on any clock. Because you know God created time just like he created matter. Before that, there was eternity past. There was no time. Otherwise, if there was always time, we would never gotten to today. I won't let you think about that too long because that will boggle your mind. But think about in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, I want to read it in the Passion Translation now. In the very beginning, the living expression was already there. You see, inside this seed is a living expression of a forest. It's really in there. You can't see it. You might never know it, but it's there. The DNA for all of it is there. And you need to understand that when... The Word is telling us about the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That Word is the living expression. He was already there, and the living expression was God, yet fully God. Look at verse 2 then. They were together face to face in the very beginning. I don't have time to spend on that, even though I'd really love to. Verse 3 says, and through his creative inspiration, this living expression made all things. For nothing has existence apart from him. Nothing has existence apart from him. So today, I want you to know that God didn't just create you, he actually made you. He actually took time to form you. He didn't make you out of nothing. He made you out of something that existed because he wanted to take time for you. As a matter of fact, he wanted to take so much time, he had a conversation with himself about you before he created you. Because he knew he was going to place his image inside of you. And if his image is inside of you, let me just tell you, you're worth something. You're worth way more than you give yourself credit for. 
uh-huh, go ahead, nod your head and say, yeah, that must be true because God's word says it, not because David said it, right? You have his image inside of you. You still have your apple? All right, we're not going there yet. Just hold on to it, okay? I'm just making sure you still have it. So, here in the very beginning, the living expression already existed. The living expression was God, fully God. They were together face-to-face in the beginning through this creative inspiration, this living expression made all things, for nothing has existence apart from Him. And verse 4 and 5 say, Life came into being because of Him, and His life is light for all humanity. And this living expression is the light that burst through gloom, that pierces the darkness. Now, this word that is... I want you to stay with me right here because this word that uh, your King James Version or many other versions will translate as the word, right? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. We know who that's referring to, right? That's Jesus. And, of course, in the Passion Translation, it's being described as the living expression of God. I love that because in, God had never existed in human flesh. So how could God be... Uh, a, a living expression for us to see and watch and understand and know. The only way is for God to put himself into human flesh, take our plight upon himself and become like us. So God becomes a man. Jesus Christ is born. He comes, he lives a life, he faces everything you could ever face, and yet that entire time he never sins. Not any of us can say that, right? Right? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, but Jesus didn't. And yet Jesus was still the image of God. But I, have to, I, I need you to see, Jesus was not the image of God on the outside. Jesus was the image of God on the inside, right? That's where he was, the image of God. So we have to see a few things. Now, the Greek is logos, which has a rich and varied background, both in Greek philosophy and in Judaism. But, see, the Greeks equated logos with the highest principle of cosmic order. Okay, so, so I want you to see this. Go back. Let's just go back. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created. The earth becomes without form and void, right? It becomes, say it with me, chaos. You didn't do it. Say it with me. Chaos. Oh, you did it better that time. You guys, I'm going to train you. I'm going to get you there. It's going to be good. So chaos. And what does God use to attack chaos? He uses the logos. He uses order, the highest principle of order. He uses himself to combat chaos, and he uses himself by speaking it. That's why it's translated the word. Right? Does anybody get where I'm going here? See, you have the ability because you have the image of God inside of you to speak to the chaos in your life and to speak order to it. You have been given the image of God inside of you. Nobody can take that away from you. Nobody has the ability to diminish that. They may try to diminish it, but you don't have to let them diminish it because you, my friend, have been created in the image of God. You have been created just like him on the inside because he wants his logos to come out of your mouth. 
You can do that. So that's why our words are so important. I want you to understand this. This principle of divine order is bigger than any circumstance. Stay with me here for just a moment. Because you see, in every one of our lives, there is a potential for, and probably already existing at this moment, some chaos. Go ahead and say amen or oh me, whichever you feel like, right? I mean, either way, it's, it's, you know it's there. The ability, and I don't care how good your life is. You think money will fix your life? Check out some of the richest people in the world and some of the horrors that befall them. Check out, you think if you had a little more knowledge, that would take care of things. If you're just a little wiser, look at some of the wisest people. Look at, let's just look at Solomon and some of the chaos that befell him, the wisest man who ever lived, and yet chaos intruded his life. You name it, whatever it is you think you're missing that would help you get past your chaos or get your chaos under control, I can tell you right now, if that's the way you're thinking of it, you'll never achieve it. Because it's not something outside of you that is going to calm the chaos in your life. It's the image of God inside of you as you partner with Him and begin to speak His word, His declaration, His thoughts over your life. When you begin to speak that, that's when chaos is literally put in control and put under your feet for you to step on and to declare, I I am in control because God's image is inside of me. Stay with me though. I told you I had bad news. Some bad news is, actually maybe it's really good news. The word of God inside of you is not a magic potion. See, that's what some of us, I have to raise my I thought if I said it a certain way, in Jesus' name, I thought if I prayed it a certain way, if I declared it a certain way, and since I said the negative two times, I got to do that times seven positive times. So I got to say it 14 times on this. And if I can just get all this in order, right, and I get my magic potion down, then God's going to come through. Can I just tell you, that is a bunch of hogwash. See, it's, it's not a magic potion. It's the image of God inside of you that you come to a realization that if God's image is inside of me, apparently it wants out and I can let it out by giving it control, not just of my spirit, but control of my mind and control of my tongue so it begins to come out this way. And it's not just a word how many of you know, what do you put words together to make? Sentences. What do you put sentences together to make? Paragraphs. What do you put paragraphs together to make? I'll help you with this one. How about stories? See, you have to change the story of your life. You have to change the story. of You are the prophet of your own life. Well, wouldn't that be a good scripture? Oh, I think it is. All right. Well... Let's think about it then. If you're the prophet of your own life and you can tell the story of your own life, why are so many of the stories that are coming out of your mouth not God stories but negative stories? Let me just get over here where I... 
Yep, that hit me right in the face when I said that. Come on now. You know it's true. We tell so many negative things. We live in the negative. We allow the negative to take root. But let me tell you this. Some people say, well, if my circumstances would change, then I'll be able to get... See, I don't even need two pages of notes. I just keep going. No, I'm just kidding. I'm gonna, I am going to just say this, though, and then I'll get back to them. i got to tell you this. If you will change your story, you will change eventually your situation. It doesn't even mean that it will change your circumstance because if you know the truth, it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. Ooh, I think I need to say that. If you know the truth, it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. Come on, somebody. I, I just, you know, that's a quarter. I got to see what's on the. I, I, they used to just make these things real simple. It was an eagle and a head. But it, well, let's pretend it's an eagle and a head, okay? Y'all stay with me. Yeah. Caleb, what do you see? Looks like a head. It's a head. He sees a head. You can't see a head. I see an eagle. <laughs> Come on. See, see, he's just seeing it from one perspective, and I'm just seeing it from one perspective. Why don't I look at it from God's perspective, which is every which way around, upside down, over and under and beneath and behind and in front, and I, I, if I'll just see it from God's perspective, then... Whatever I've got, whether it's a disease, it's okay because he's healed all my diseases. Well, what if, what if I'm still feeling the pain of that disease? Okay, it's all right because he still heals all my diseases. Yeah, come on. L listen, if I'm broke, listen, he's Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Come on, it doesn't matter. I may still be broke after I say that, but it doesn't change the truth. Listen, whether my circumstance changes or not, the truth is always the truth. And I've got to change my story to line up with the truth. That's where we have to live. Uh, it's not just a word. It's not just a potion. It's not just a sentence. It's not just saying it seven times. It's, it's getting our story to line up with his story. It's getting our story to declare everything he says. So some have translated this uh, term uh, that is word in the King James or New King James. They've translated it uh, message or blueprint. I like that too. The living translation, the message, the blueprint. See, the word is the blueprint. It's, it gives us everything we need to know to build the building. Everything, absolutely everything. So here's where the bad news really comes in, all right? There are three states of existence that I know of. Okay, just three states of existence. How many of you have been unfortunate enough to have to take a physics course? Yeah, there's, there's a few of you out there. And uh, you have my sincere, deepest sympathies for that. Uh, all right, hang on to your apple. Hang on to your apple. Because right here, is, we're gonna, there's three states of existence I can think of. The first one is the physical realm. It's called chaos, right? I mean, chaos just simply exists in the world. You don't have to go very far to see it. You don't have to drive very far to find it. You don't have to walk or jog very far to come upon it. Chaos is all around us. We'll meet If you sit still and you don't go anywhere, it will find you eventually. You know what I'm talking about. Listen, chaos is always coming. And, and, and I'm, I am going to talk about physics, but I promise I'll, I'll bring it into a way we can all see it and understand it. 
But I hate that chaos exists in this world, but it does. And it exists, and it's coming on me even now. You know, my neck didn't used to be this wrinkly. It, it Really, it didn't, I promise. It used to be so thin, and, you know, everything's all nice and tight, and I didn't have these wrinkles here. But guess what's happening? Chaos is happening to me. It, it, just seriously. It's true. It's true. I mean, think of this. Has anybody ever seen, what is the name of that movie? Now I can't think of it. The movie where the guy goes back in time uh, on his little time machine. It's an old movie. Back, is it Back to the Future? No, not the DeLorean. I'm talking about an old movie. Old movie. This, this, huh? Time machine. The time machine. Anybody ever see that? The guy gets on his time machine, right? And th this is before they had all the, uh, you know, uh, uh, special effects and videography and stuff we got today, you know. He gets in it at one point, and he's digging forward in it, trying to go in forward in time. And there's something sitting in front of him. I can't even remember what it is. But as he moves forward in time very quickly, he sees it begin to decay, we just think, he just, it, it just begins to rust and fall apart right in front of him until it's so rusted, it's so degraded, it's so decayed that it turns into dust and it's no longer even there in front of him as he goes into the future, right? Think of that. How white was your apple when you first got it? Guess what's already happening to your apple? Chaos. It's already happening to your apple. If you leave it long enough in the elements, it's going to get really putrid. It's going to get really nasty. But eventually, it's just going to decay away to nothing. I mean, it, it will become dust eventually. I mean, that's where it's headed. Can I tell you that the, the first state that we all have to come up with is the state of chaos. It exists around us because it's in the physical realm. Let me share with you the thought of what I'm trying to get at. See, there are several laws of thermodynamics. Here, here comes the physics, all right? First of all, I'm, I'm going to just make them real brief, but then I'm going to put them in language we all can understand, which is the bad news, okay? Here, here, are, the, here are the laws, uh, first three laws of, of thermodynamics. Number one, when energy passes as work, as heat, or with matter into or out of a system, the system's internal energy changes in accordance with the law of conservation of energy. Makes perfect sense, right? All right, don't worry about it. We'll get to it in a second. Here's, here's law number two of thermodynamics. The entropy in a closed system is always increasing. Here's law number three. The entropy of a system approaches a constant value as the temperature approaches absolute zero. Now, let me tell you what entropy is. Entropy is disorder. Entropy, say it with me, is chaos. All right? In any system, guess what our universe is? It's a system. And in this, all these laws apply. So how do we understand these? Well, I'm so glad that uh, there was a British scientist by the name of uh, Snow that had an excellent way of describing these three laws for us. So, so stick with me right here. Here's law number one of thermodynamics. You cannot win. That's law number one. That, that is, you cannot get something for nothing because matter and energy are conserved. So in other words, you cannot ever win. Okay? I told you it was going to be some bad news. So you just can't win. 
Here's law number two, according to Snow. You can't, not only can you not win, you can't even break even. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is good news. You can't return to the same energy state because there's always an increase of disorder. There's an increase of chaos. So entropy, disorder, chaos always increases. So you can't win, you can't even get even. Okay, and here's number three. You're going to love this one. If you like the first two, you're going to love this one. Snow says, not only can you not win, not only can you not break even, you can't even get out of the game because absolute zero is never actually attainable. You can't win, you can't get even, you can't get out of the game. You're just stuck with chaos. That is the first state of existence. Here's the second state of existence I want to share with you. I'll just term this one preservation. This is what you and I do when we try to avoid chaos, right? Come on. Some of you, you, might, you could call it Botox. Yeah, right? Yeah. I love Tim Allen. Some movie, I can't remember the name of it, but some movie he's sitting there trying to eat food after a Botox injection. It's just running down his face, right? Because he's going like this. He goes, I can't even feel my face. I just like this. You know what I mean? He's got that because he's trying to preserve what chaos is trying to take out. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on, some of you say, I'd never do that. Okay, just what about the creams? right and the this and the that and let's just just be honest the treadmill right I've got my treadmill upstairs for when it gets real cold out and I don't feel like going out and run because I'm trying to preserve what chaos is trying to take away from me right I mean it's just part of life that's the second state of existence now let me share with you the third state of existence this is the state of existence you and I need to seriously consider it's called Logos. Logos. You see, this is the cognitive and deliberate state of coming into agreement with Yahweh. Coming into agreement with Jesus Christ. Coming into agreement with what he says about our lives. It's that idea of deliberately coming into agreement with him and with his living expression so that through repentance and submission and continual agreement with his redemption for our lives, chaos never gets the last word. Never gets the last word. Stay with me. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. You know what happened later? He died again. Listen. If all you're waiting on is the miracle, the miracle will never last forever. It can't. Because you see, what we need more than we need the miracle is we need the one who creates the miracle. We need his presence. So if all you're looking for is the healing... I'm not trying to put you down. I'm not trying to get you to give up on healing. I believe in healing. But you see, there's something greater than healing. He is the healer. There's something greater than provision. He is the provider. 
There's something greater than redemption. He is the redeemer. You see, if you and I will simply come to the point that we find him and we let him have full control and we let our story match up with his story and we declare what he says, it won't matter if we die because one day that same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead will quicken our mortal bodies and we're going to get up out of the ground too and we're going to walk again and it won't matter what disease we had. It won't matter how we died. It won't matter how little money we had because on the other end we know the redeemer. We know the healer. We know the resurrection and the life. That's where we find our story. It's in more than the miracle. Please don't get me wrong. I, I believe in miracles. I want you to go after miracles. But I don't only want you to go after miracles. If that's all you're going after, you, you listen, there are people all around the world who never heard the name Jesus who would love to see a miracle. But what good will it do them if they never know him? What good will it do us if we have all the miracles but we never really come to know him? All right, I'm coming in for a landing right now. You're not too different from this apple. I just want you to, to remember that. At least in one sense, you're not too different because the physical body that surrounds the image of God on the inside of you, that physical body can't last in this state forever. It's impossible. It just can't. Because light and darkness don't live together. You know, physical and spiritual don't live together. One day we're going to have a glorified body. Hallelujah. Praise God for that. No wrinkles. It'll all be straight. It'll all look good everywhere. I'll just be like, whoo, check out this head of hair. You know, I mean, that's what I'll be doing. Right. Because, you know, you know, I mean, that's just the way I'll be feeling about it. But in the meantime, you and I are not too different from this. But let me tell you something. Chaos does not rule the day in the person who's realized the image of God is inside of them. Chaos does not rule the day. It may take over my skin. It may do a few things on the outside of me, but you know what? That's okay because I was never meant at this point to have this body forever anyway. I'm going to get a better one. I was never meant to have to live on this earth the way it is now forever. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth that I'll get to inhabit. I'll get to go through and in and out and around. I probably will fly there because I just love the idea of flying when I think. Heather was talking about no spirit of fear. I have no spirit of fear. I have no spirit of heights. Well, maybe just a little. Uh, I have no, but I'm not going to that day, right? I mean, I'm going to be there. I'm going to have everything God intended for me to have, and so are you. So how do we get there? How do we get from where we are today with chaos all around us to repentance, submission, and continual agreement with the redemption of our lives? Here's how we get there. We have to change our meditations and our stories. You have to change it. I have to change it. If I don't change it, my perception's never going to change. And even though God is my healer, it won't matter if I know that or not. Right? Even though God is my deliverer, it won't matter if I know that or not. If I don't get my story to line up with it. 
Because here's how you get the story to line up. We're going to go to Psalm chapter 19. But right before we do, I want to give you just a couple of other verses. Joel chapter 2 said, I will restore to you all that the locust has eaten. How does God handle chaos? He just speaks to it. He just speaks to it like he did in Genesis 1-3. He just begins to speak and chaos has to get out of the way. It's got to move. As a matter of fact, you might be saying, how can I ever get back all the years that I've lost because of fill in the blank? Go ahead, fill it in right now in your head. You know you're doing it. How do I get all that back? Here's how you get it back. Because Yahweh says, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. I'll do it. John 10, or actually Ephesians 1, 7. Since we are now joined to Christ, uh, we have been given the treasures of redemption by his blood. The total cancellation of our sins. All because of the cascading riches of his grace. Boy, I love that. Redemption. You know what redemption is? Redemption is a buying back. You only buy something back if it's got value. Guess what? He redeemed you. You got value in his eyes. You got value to him. He sees it. He understands it. Nobody else might ever see it. But you know what? We as his children ought to see it in every one of each other. We ought to see the value in each other. We ought to see the redeeming value. Because he redeemed for you. He redeemed you because of his love. Here's the last verse I want to say before we go to Psalm 19. John chapter 10 verse 10. A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance. More than you expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. Let me tell you. If that's not an antidote for chaos, I don't know what is. I feel like dancing right now. You just do your thing out there a minute while I dance. Because I'm telling you, he has done that for us. That's his promise to us. We just have to get our story in line with his. Here's the last thing I want to share with you. Go with me to Psalm chapter 19. Uh, and I'm going to find it here. Just briefly. Don't forget your apple. Everybody know you got an apple there. Psalm chapter 19. That was so white when I first looked at it. See, chaos comes easy. Somebody hear me right now. Chaos actually comes on its own without you having to do anything. You hear what I'm saying? If you want logos, if you want the divine order, you got to fight for it. Hello? you got to go after it. You have to go after it. Think of it this way. Let's imagine, let's just imagine that, Charlotte, come here and help me. Just come here and help me. Charlotte's so precious. I love this lady. Come back up here just a little bit. Let's imagine, I'm going to deputize you, okay? I've got full authority to do that in here <laughs> deputize you okay you're now a police officer of the first order alright so that's what you're going to do and there is an 18 wheeler coming down this street right here imagine this is a street y'all anybody got an imagination you could help me here alright thank you 18 wheelers coming down the street you got to stop that 18 wheeler what are you going to do 
What's the 18-wheeler going to do? No, no. Guaranteed, with your badge and uniform on, you know what he's going to do. He's going to stop. Who has more power? 18-wheeler might have more power. Who has more authority? Because she's not just backed by the uniform and the badge. She's got a gun on her. <laughs> she's backed by the full authority me in this case, it's not that much, but imagine it's the state of Kentucky or the, the United States government, whatever it is. She's backed by the full authority. Thank you. You can sit down. Thank you. Give her a hand for that. Isn't she awesome? Come on. Now, somebody get with me, okay? Right here, because you've come into the kingdom, do you think the enemy has less power than he had before? Think about it. I mean, he's been given some power in this earth. He's got it. And just because you got saved didn't change the amount of power he's got. He's still an 18. He's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But you, it doesn't matter how much power he's got. Come on, somebody. When you get your story in line with his story... Then you begin to use the authority you have and you're backed up by all of heaven and the, the heavenly hosts stand behind you and let me tell you, Satan has no ability to come against that. So that's where you and I stand. We stand in knowing the fullness of what God has for us through his authority which is greater than any power the enemy has. Uh, Psalm 19 God's story in the skies, it says in verse 1, God's splendor is a tale that is told. His testament is written in the stars. I love it. Space itself speaks the story every day. Through the marvels of the heavens, his truth is on tour in the starry vault of the sky, showing his skill in creation's craftsmanship. Each day gushes out its message to the next, night with night whispering to its knowledge of all. Without a sound, without a word, without a voice being heard, yet all the world can see its story. Everywhere its gospel is clearly read so all may know what's, uh, what a heavenly home God has set for the sun. Shining in the superdome of the sky. See how he leaves his celestial chamber each morning. Radiant as a bridegroom ready for his wedding. Like a daybreaking champion eager to run his course. He rises on one horizon completing his circuit on the other. Warning lives, warming lives and lands with his heat. God's word is perfect in every way. How it revives our souls. His laws lead us to truth. And his ways change the simple into wise. His teachings make us joyful and radiate his light. His precepts are so pure. His commands, how they challenge us to keep close to his heart. The revelation light of his word makes my spirit shine radiant. Every one of the Lord's commands is right. Following them brings cheer. Nothing he says ever needs to be changed. The rarest treasures of his life are found in his truth. That's why I prize God's word like others prize the finest gold. Nothing brings the soul such sweetness as seeking his living words. For they warn us his servants and keep us from following the wicked way. Giving a lifetime guarantee. Great success to every obedient soul. Without his revelation light 
How would I ever detect the waywardness of my own heart? Lord, forgive my hidden flaws whenever you find them. Keep cleansing me, God, and keep me from my secret selfish sins. May they never rule over me, for only then will I be free from fault and remain innocent of rebellion. Thank you, Lord. Look at verse 14. This is what I want to finish with. So, may the words of my mouth, my meditation thoughts, and every movement of my heart be always pure and pleasing, acceptable before your eyes, my only Redeemer, my Protector, God. Let the words of my mouth, the story that I speak continually, let the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord. You know, there's no other person in all the universe that controls your mind or your mouth but you. No one else. Doesn't matter what else they have control of in your life. It doesn't matter what else they do. It doesn't matter how rich they are what political position they carry. You alone control the meditations of your heart and mind. You alone control the story that you permit to continually come out of your mouth. What will our story be today? What will our story be five years from now? What will our story be one day when we go home all the folks are gathered around our graveside. What will our story be? You know what? You have control over what your story will be. It's up to you. It's up to me what my story is. It's up to us, each and every one of us, to decide how we're going to permit our thoughts and our words, our stories, to line up with Him. Spell your heads with me for a moment. Father, Lord, we are so aware that our lives are so fragile. Like these decaying apple slices before us right now, God, that's, that's what our lives seem like. Because we see ourselves growing older and older and older. We see ourselves changing. We see that for some of us, the years of ahead, ahead of us are not as many as the ones behind us. We're not sure what's going to happen next, but God, one thing we have the promise of is that your logos, your divine order, has the last word. God, chaos will never have the last word because you've already defeated chaos. It may still be working in people's lives. It may still be working in nations around this world. It may still be working... All around us as we see the physical realm happening and things decaying. But, God, you put us here to declare a new kingdom is at hand. You put us here to declare that there is a new story being told. That death has already been overcome and defeated. That death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your string? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Ha. They 
have not overcome. But God, your logos, your divine order is now overcoming. And so God, today we declare that we choose to come in line with your story. We choose right now, God, to change the meditations of our hearts, the words, sentences, paragraphs, and stories of our mouths. We are changing them, God, to line up with your word, and it makes no difference what the circumstances are because your truth never changes. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast from Awakening Church. You can find us online at awakeningky.com.